You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Well, today we're getting into part three of our sermon series, Relentless. And next Sunday, we're going to start a new series called The Glory of Christmas. We're going to talk about the different portions of the Christmas story where the glory of God is revealed. But for today, this is part three of Relentless, we're going to look at the theme, Seek and Find. Beginning with Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you, maybe this is your life verse, maybe this is your favorite verse in the Bible, and so be it. Uh, it's a great verse. Many of you have that. But one of the things I love is that I don't want to stop on um, verse 11 of Jeremiah 29, because I'm going to give you my live verse, and it's actually Jeremiah 29, 13. And we're going to read that because you're going to see how it kind of correlates. So verse 11 speaks about a great promise. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Do I hear an amen to that? How many of you claim that as a promise of God? Amen? But here's the thing. Sometimes we don't realize that God's promises are conditional. What do you mean by conditional? That means you've got to do your part, and then God will do his part. You know what I'm talking? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You do your part, and God will do his part. And that which, that's what we mean conditional. Sometimes you say, okay, I claim the promise of Jeremiah 29, 11. That's great. But don't stop at verse 11, okay? Verse 12 says this. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. It's another great promise that God will listen to us. You will seek me and find me when? When you seek me with all your heart. Now, are you getting the picture here? you got to do your part. What do we need to do? Seek the Lord. Are you catching what, what the Scripture says? When we seek the Lord, the good news is we're going to find the Lord, and we're going to be able, be able to grab hold of the promises of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege to be in your house, that we have the privilege of calling upon you, and even right now as we come together, we do so in your mighty name. As we speak from your word, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just be with us and teach us what we would have to learn in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated. Seek and find. Seeking God is a matter of how relentless are you in pursuing God and his presence. Reminds me of a story of a three-year-old boy who went to the grocery store with his mom, and this three-year-old boy loved chocolate chip cookies, and he, he, had, he just loved them. So as they, were in, as they were preparing to go into the grocery store, he recognized, oh, this is a place where I can get chocolate chip cookies. So mama knew that, and before he could even ask for chocolate chip cookies, mom told uh, her, her three-year-old son, now, son, don't even bother asking for chocolate chip cookies because you're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies. Well, okay. They started shopping. He was in the shopping cart, and they passed down the the uh, cookie aisle. I mean, that's a great aisle at H-E-B, right? If you go down the cookie aisle, 
And the little boy saw the chocolate chip. Mommy, mommy, there's chocolate chip cookies. There's chocolate chip cookies. And he was, mommy, can I have some? And mom says, I already told you. Don't even bother to ask for chocolate chip cookies because you're not going to get any. Well, the boy was sad. He went and finally, and then he went down. She forgot some stuff, went back down and made the mistake of going a second time down the cookie aisle. Mommy, mommy. He started raising his voice, getting on. Chocolate chip cookies, can I have some? And he started getting excited, raising his voice, and then even getting a little upset because he wasn't getting what he wanted. Mommy says, no, no, you need to be quiet because he was creating a little scene there in the grocery store. And he started raising his voice. Mommy, I want chocolate chip cookies. Didn't get any. So finally, a few minutes later, they're getting ready to check out. They were going to the checkout lane, and he realized that this was his last opportunity to cry and yell for chocolate chip cookies. So as they're approaching the checkout line and many people around him, this three-year-old little boy says, in the name of Jesus, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? (laughs) Well, mommy was totally embarrassed. So she grabbed a little bit of chocolate chip cookies and went, you know, because everybody's watching by this point, right? Put them in the basket and checked out. But everybody around was just laughing and they got a kick out of that. And they just kind of, uh, you know, connected with this three-year-old little boy. By the time she checked out her groceries and walked over to her car, people were buying chocolate chip cookies. The boy walked away with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies that day. Why? Because I think he was relentless about his cry for chocolate chip cookies. And he got what he wanted. Now, I'm not saying we, we have to cry for everything we We get, but it does remind me of this story speaking about our relentless pursuit of something that we want. In Luke chapter 18, we read a story of what I call the relentless widow. And there's a similar story here in Luke 18 that tells us that this widow had a need and she approached the judge. Let's read about it once again. We're in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming with him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. Verse 4, For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't uh, eventually come and attack me. So let's stop right there. This parable, Jesus is talking about an unjust judge. And it says, the Bible says that he didn't love God and he didn't love people. And he even admits that. In verse 4, he says, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Now, we know that our calling is what? To love God and love people. Am I right? But there's some people here on this earth that don't love God and they don't love people. Got to pray for them. This is an example of what we read about in Luke 18. The unjust judge. And the, the unique thing about it, he even admits that he doesn't love God and he doesn't love people. Those kind of people need a lot of prayer. But he gave in to what this widow was wanting because she didn't give up. And then in verse 6, 
It says, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for the chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So what is God saying? God is telling his, uh, his, his disciples as he's sharing this parable, if, if this unjust judge gives this woman what she needs, how much more would a good God, a good God, speaking about the Lord God Almighty, give to you? Because of individuals who don't give up. This principle here in Luke 18 is a matter of pursuing God and praying, not giving up on prayer. So I ask you the question today, have you been praying for a specific need? Have you been praying for a specific individual? Maybe your son, your daughter, your grandson, granddaughter, maybe a friend, maybe a brother or sister, and you've been praying for them. Lord, maybe it's perhaps that they need to come to faith in Christ. I'm here to tell you today it's time to keep on praying for them. Be persistent. Be relentless. Don't give up praying for them. Because if this unjust judge that we read about in Luke 18 is unwilling, is willing rather, to give this woman what she needs and what she wants, then how much more will a loving God respond in a positive way? Three lessons about relentlessness that we can learn from this story. Lesson number one, your relentlessness to seek God must supersede the enemy's relentlessness to bring you down. What I'm here to tell you is that the enemy is out to steal kill, and to destroy. Some of you can identify to the fact that even right now you're facing some difficult times. The enemy is attacking, and it seems as though the enemy attacks from one direction, and then another direction, and then another direction, and you're you're dealing with this issue and this other issue, and on and on and on. I think you guys know exactly what we're talking about. The enemy is out to steal, kill, and to destroy. The question is, not about his relentless to bring you down. The question is, is your relentlessness to seek God even greater than the enemy's relentlessness to bring you down? A wife went with her friend to the police station to report that her husband was missing. When the policeman asked for a description, she said, well, he's six feet two with deep blue eyes, dark wavy hair, athletic build, well-groomed and sharply dressed, and weighs 185 pounds. He's soft-spoken, well-mannered, and loves children. Well, her friend spoke to him and says, but you're not describing your husband. Your husband is five foot three. He's rude. He smokes cigars. He's bald. He's got a big mouth. He never bathes. He dresses sloppy. His teeth is rotten, and he's terribly mean to your children. Well, the wife says, yeah, but I don't want that one back. <laughs> I just don't want it. <laughs> My husband's missing. Well, she was relentless about wanting a new husband. That's the wrong kind of relentlessness, huh? Oftentimes when we read stories in the Bible, I like to tell you, let's look at the full context. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus begins sharing this parable that we just read about the relentless widow that pursued and persevered in getting her request to the judge. Prior to that, the last few verses of Luke 17 Because oftentimes in the Bible, we must realize that we, as humans, we put chapter breaks in the Bible. But actually, the Bible is kind of written all the way through. 
So if you continue the thought from what was being written, the unique topic that Jesus was talking about as he enters this parable in Luke 18, he's talking about the second coming, his second coming. In fact, in verse 34 of Luke 17, Jesus says, I tell you that on the night two people will be in one bed, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together, one will be taken and the other left. So what is Jesus saying? Does that correlate to this relentless pursuit of God? Well, yes, because actually when it comes to the second coming of Christ, there's going to be some who are going to be taken up with the Lord and some left behind. Some who have pursued that relationship with God and those who have quit because there's those who have given up on their relationship with God because of one thing or another, and unfortunately they're finding themselves in a situation that they are left behind. And I want to tell you this, the coming of the Lord is soon. All you got to look, all you got to do is turn on the news, read the news reports and see what's happening in our world, see what's happening in the United States of America. I believe, perhaps you agree with me, that the coming of the Lord is very soon. And if that is correct, guess what? Don't give up. Don't give up in doing good. Don't let's be relentless about pursuing God. Let's be relentless about praying and seeking God. Because as we just read in Jeremiah 29, 13, we've got to seek the Lord. And when we seek the Lord, we're going to find the Lord. Got to tell you about a club that I never want you to be a part of. It's called the Quitters Club, and it's one of uh, the largest organizations in America. And the reason you've never heard of the Quitters Club is because uh, they call meeting and some of the members of the Quitters Club quit going. I don't know why. But uh, the Quitters Club is comprised of people who faced a tough situations, a tough job, a tough sickness, tough failure, and they quit. When the going gets tough, people say the tough get going. But in this case, when the going gets tough, the quitters just quit. Relentless lesson. You aren't defeated when life gets tough. You're only defeated when you quit. Just a thought. Perhaps you're familiar with the acronym PUSH, P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Oh, how true. We give up way too early. We give up way too early. But we need to push and say, God, I'm not going to release my prayer need until you do what you need to do. Everybody recognizes that Ludwig van Beethoven was a musical genius. Not everybody realizes that he had to deal and overcome with some uh, a great enemy. His enemy was deafness. When he was in his 20s, he started to lose his hearing. Then by the time he was 50, he was in his 50s, he was totally deaf. And yet he was a great musician, wrote music, played music, but he overcame his enemy and he became a very successful musician. Why? Because he was relentless in what he was called to do. Reminds me of a great philosopher by the name of Rocky Balboa. Anybody heard of him? (laughs) Now, I realize this was part of a movie, but I do like this quote because it reminds me that we need to keep on keeping on. He says this, The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It is a very mean and nasty place, and it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, and nobody is going to hit as hard as life, but it ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. 
How much can you take and keep moving forward? This or that's how winning is done. Now, I realize it's Rocky Balboa, but at the same time, it's a great lesson. This is how winning is done. If you can take a hit, life hits you in many directions and keep on going. Amen. And I think we need to learn some lessons from Brother Rocky, huh? (laughs) Number two, you pursue what is important to you. You pursue what is important to you. The reason this lady in Luke chapter 18 kept on pressing the issue with this unjust judge is because she, this issue was important to her. And I got to tell you, every single one of us, we pursue what is important to us. If you want a college degree, you're going to pursue it. If you don't want it, you're not going to pursue it. It's as simple as that. If physical fitness is important to you, then you're going to pursue physical fitness. It's as simple as that. If a life of integrity is important to you, then you're going to pursue a life of integrity. If you want to have fun, and if that's what most important to you is having fun, then you're going to pursue having fun. If family is important to you, then you're going to pursue spending time with family. It's as simple as that. Well, how about when it comes to things of God? For some people, seeking God is important. And if, if that is important to you, seeking God, then you're going to find God. It's as simple as that. Some people find excuses. Well, I don't have enough time to go to a, a connect group. I'm just so busy. I don't have enough time to have daily devotions with God, my personal time with the Lord. But yes, you do. It's just a matter of it's not important to you. You're going to make time for whatever is a priority in your life. I'm encouraging you to make seeking God the number one priority in your life. Relentless lesson, if something is truly important to you, you won't quit. A few days ago, I struck up a conversation with somebody who approached me uh, for some money. He says uh, he, he needed some money, and, and I said, okay, and I don't mind helping people with money, but I always like to give them a little bit of the Word of God, a little bit of message of Christ, along with some dinero. So I said, yeah, I want to give, I'll give you some money, but just for a minute, just, let me just ask you, just, uh, how is your relationship with God? And we struck up a little conversation, and he pretty much told me, well, I was in, involved in an accident three months ago, and I lost my job, and this and that. He was, you know, and, and I said, well, well, how about your relationship with God? Well, you know, and he was telling me he didn't have a job, doesn't have family, and, um, uh, and, and then he says, well, I just, he told me, well, I'm just too busy to go to church. And I'm thinking, okay, doesn't have a job, doesn't have family, doesn't have, and yet he says he's too busy to, to, to go to church and have a relationship with God. And so I just tell him, you know what, and I kind of told him this lesson. Of course, I had this on my mind this week. I said, you know, all of us, we make, uh, we make room for things that are important to us. I want to encourage you. Apparently, you're telling me that going to church, spending time with God on a daily basis is not important to you. I want to encourage you to perhaps pray about your priorities. I said, pray about your priorities. And I did give him some money, but I, I had the opportunity just to give him a word of encouragement because... I was very evident that his priorities were out of balance there, out of balance. If God is important to us, then we're going to make him our priority. Spending time with him, priority. Giving. If giving to God is a priority, then we're going to give to God. If, uh, but we, all of us have those choices to make. Here's a relentless lesson. 
You can't find God if you don't seek him. Reminds me of Psalm 23, 1. You know this verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or another version says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And one of the reasons I love about this is because it's pretty much teaching us a big lesson. If God is your priority, if the Lord truly is your shepherd, then you're not going to have any needs because God is meeting your needs. You don't, you're not going to need this, that, and the other because God is providing for your needs. If the Lord truly is your shepherd, you don't have to lack anything because God is providing for you. So is that what you're seeking? Are you seeking God? Is he the number one thing in your life? As we enter the Christmas season, can't help but think about the Christmas story. One part of the Christmas story is the wise men traveling from the east to go see the baby Jesus. You know the story, Matthew chapter 2. And I was thinking about that. I thought, you know, these wise men, they had wisdom. They had money, a lot of wealth. They had high positions. But yet there was something missing in their life. It was Jesus. And that comes to tell you that no matter how much money you make, no matter how high of a position you have, no matter how much wisdom you have, you still need Jesus. These wise men, did they have to travel from afar all the way just to see? Because why did they do that? They had the wealth. They had the wisdom. They had the high positions. You know, they, they wanted Jesus. They knew something was missing. And I'm here to tell you, once you put Jesus as a priority, then everything falls into place. They took the time to seek Jesus. They, had a, they made a journey. I think about another part of the Christmas story. It's Joseph. He was betrothed to Mary, and then all of a sudden he finds out that Mary is pregnant with child. So what was his response? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, he had secretly pondered divorcing her. He wanted to give up on this whole thing because, after all, she was pregnant. But then what happened? An angel of the Lord, right, appeared to Joseph and said, this woman Mary is carrying is from God. And he had a choice to make. Was he going to receive the word of the Lord in faith and believe that there was a miracle coming? Or would he walk away from Mary and would he walk away from the will of God? It took a lot of faith for him to stick to it. But the good news is Joseph didn't quit. He kept on keeping on, and he retained Mary as his wife. And, of course, the rest is history, beautiful history. But he would have missed out on a huge miracle if he had quit in his relationship with Mary. Do you realize how many miracles you miss out on because you walk away from the plan of God? Think about that. God has so many great plans for you. Don't miss out on the miracles that God has waiting for you. And number three, the one you need to seek is actually seeking you. I love this because I want to, want to remind you that as we seek God, remember, the only way we're going to find God is if we seek God. But here's the good news. God is seeking you as well. No matter where you've been or what you've done, God has been pursuing you. How many know when you were living a life of sin, God was pursuing you? When you were doing things that you weren't supposed to be doing, God was pursuing you. The question is, or the problem was, you weren't pursuing him. 
Can I tell you the great, the great key to successful relationships, whether it be husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend or friend with friend, is when two people pursue that friendship, that connection together. If one of those two people does not pursue it, it's not going to happen. Likewise, in your personal relationship with the Lord, I'm going to give you some good news. God is pursuing you. The only question is, are you pursuing God? Are you relentlessly pursuing God? In 1 John 4.19, Scripture says, we love because he first loved us. What is that saying? God loved you first. God pursued you first. Amen? And sometimes we don't realize that it's right there in front of us. Have you ever been looking for your glasses? Oh, where's my glasses? Where's my glasses? And can't find Where's my glasses? And you're wearing them all along? Yeah. How, how, how many of you have done that before? Okay. Or maybe you have your keys in your hand and I, I can't find my keys. I don't know where my keys are. You know, and what you're seeking is actually right there at your fingertips. Okay, good. I'm not the only crazy one around here. Okay. What you're seeking is sometimes right at our fingertips. When it comes to a relationship with God, sometimes we fail to realize that God is right there all the time. He's been there the whole time. Pursuing you, seeking you, loving you, giving you grace. That's what God does. Aren't you glad that God has been pursuing you? Relentless lesson, the God I seek is in relentless pursuit of me. So what is it that God is looking for? Let me give you two quick things. There's many things in Luke 18, 8. It says this, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So what is he looking for? He's looking for faith. He's looking for individuals who have faith in him. That's what he is seeking. Will he find it in you? Are you one of those who has faith and therefore someone that God is seeking? John 4.23 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Do you realize that the Lord God Almighty seeks who? True worshipers. True worshipers. Someone once wrote this, Rest if you must, but don't quit. When all things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're traveling seems all uphill, when your funds are low and the debts are high, when you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but just don't quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when he might have won, had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems mighty slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver lining of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when you are hardest hit. And when things seem worse, that's when you must not quit. I close with a story of uh, a lady named Corinna, and she was praying for her son because she loved her son. Her son was the apple of her eyes. His name was Michael. And she taught him the Word of God. She prayed over him. She believed in him. 
But unfortunately, when uh, Michael turned 18, things began to change. He, he wanted to do his own thing and go his own way. The things of God never, uh, no longer interested him. And he, caught, he got caught up in the things of the world, hanging out with the wrong crowd. One day he was riding with his buddies when a cop pulled him over and found some drugs. And even though the drugs were not his, Mike was taken into custody with the rest of his buddies. They didn't know what the final verdict would be, but mom was praying. Mom kept on praying and relentlessly interceding. You see, from the time Mike had walked away from God, mom never stopped praying. With great faith, she believed that his life would be turned back around to God. But now with this legal issue, what would happen? Jail time? Well, through the grace of God, Mike was given only probation. It was a miracle. God answered mom's prayers. She thought, well, now he's going to come to Christ. Uh, But she didn't. He didn't, rather. He didn't come to Christ, even though she was praying for that. Mike uh, continued to live his life away from God. Mom continued to pray. She was relentless about interceding for her son. Another year, another year, he continued to get into trouble one thing after another. His life and his his spiritual life was going downhill all the time. It was getting worse. Then one day, Mike was involved in a car accident and rushed to the hospital. The good news was that his life was not in danger, but the bad news was the doctors had to amputate his leg. And mom was thinking, oh, no, my son, he's going to blame God. He's going to be mad at God for all those things that have happened, and now he's losing his leg. But indeed, the opposite happened. The ac- this accident was Mike's wake-up call. And he realized that for eight long years, he was running from God. That day, he had one less leg, but a renewed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He came back to Christ. Why? I believe it was because his mom was relentless about praying for her son. She kept on praying. She kept on praying. I'm going to venture that some of you are here today in God's house because someone was praying for you. Maybe it was your mom, your dad, maybe it was your grandma, your grandpa. Just out of curiosity, if you believe someone prayed you into the kingdom of God, let me see your hand. I'm just curious. Wow, many of you. You had someone in your life. I'd say more than half of you raised your hand. Someone was praying for you. They were relentless about praying for you, praying for you. And look where you are today, serving Jesus. Now, can you be relentless about praying for others? Will you be relentless and not give up and believing in others and praying for them? Then your your relentless attitude can show forth in your personal relationship with the Lord. Because when you seek God, guess what happens? You're going to find God. Would you stand with me right now? We're going to take some time here at these altars. And we're going to take some time to seek God. I don't want you to miss this portion of our worship service because before you leave, if you don't spend time seeking God, then you're not going to find God. To me, this is the most important part of our worship service. We take a few minutes to seek God. And I'm going to invite you to do exactly that. It's up to you. If seeking God is important, I want you to be prepared to take a few minutes 
to do exactly that. We're going to open up these altars. Before we do, would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? And I ask you first the question, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Because that's the most important question we could ask. If there's any doubt in your mind or any doubt in your heart whether he is or not, just perhaps you want to lift up your hand and say that, Pastor, I'm ready to solidify my relationship with the Lord. I'm ready to surrender to the Lord. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Others of you, you do feel that the enemy's on attack. You feel that the enemy has been relentless to bring you down. But today you realize I need to be even more relentless to seek God. If that's you and you say, you know what, I want my relentless, relentlessness to be raised to a higher level so that I can overcome the enemy's attacks. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Because the Lord will get, wants to give you the strength to overcome. Yes, he does. We must be relentless. We're going to open up these altars right now. We're going to take a few minutes to call on God. If you feel that you're, this is your time to seek the Lord, I'd love for you to seek the Lord. The altars are open. Love for you to come. Let's spend some time with the Lord. Let's spend some time seeking God. <laughs> 